church. I always feel the same way I feel about that, that kid saying, I want to get back to the good old days. Because if we were to ask the question again, how long has the church been around? What would the answer to that question be? 2,000 years, right? Since Christ? We're going to be studying the book of Acts. And I want you to think about the fact, and this is where we're going to go with this study. I want you to think about the fact that like a person, like that kid at school going, I wish we could get back to the good old days, is how we ought to see when somebody says, I wish we could get back to the way church was in the 1950s. Right? I don't think you're going back far enough. I don't think you've even gotten close to it. And so let's think about the church and let's think about church history. In fact, it'd be interesting when people start asking you, how long has your church been around? To answer them by saying, about 2,000 years. <laughs> Might need some explanation after you say that or they'll think you're crazy. But I want to talk about this book of Acts. Let me give you some facts about Acts. First of all, does anybody know who wrote the book of Acts? Luke. Luke. That's right. Honestly, all my, my, my smarties are going to know all the answers, right? It was written by Luke. Anybody know what Luke's... Uh, you can't answer the next book. What was Luke's profession? What did he do? Oh, I heard too. Yeah, physician, a doctor. He was a doctor. Um, does anybody know about when the book of Luke was completed? Or the book of Acts was completed? Anybody know? Have, who would take a guess? Yes. And so it was, it was finished. We think it was finished just before the year A.D. 70. Okay, so this book, Luke was around. He finished the book. In fact, uh, the book of Acts is part of a two-volume set. Did you guys know that? Do you know what the first volume is? You should know by who wrote it. Luke, right? The Gospel according to Luke was the first volume. When he wrote Luke, um, most likely he used uh, the Gospel of Mark, which had been around for a while, as one of his sources so to speak, was as he was writing the book of Luke. In fact, listen to how Luke starts. I'm just going to read this for you. Luke starts by uh, uh, Luke saying this. He said, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. Now, a couple comments about this before we go any further. And I, I hope I don't get too technical today. But I have to say, uh, one of the commentaries I, I got, uh, the, the introduction to the book of Acts was bigger than most books that I read. Okay, so, so there was tons of information I was trying to sort my way through as we were going into this. But I, I just want to throw in a couple things there. First of all, Theophilus. Who's Theophilus? There's a lot of theories. Yeah, we don't know. We, we really we don't know exactly who it was. Some people have thought that Theophilus was just a title. Some people thought that maybe the book of Luke and the book of Acts was Luke writing in an attempt to help defend Paul when Paul was going to prison in Rome to try to show what, the Christi what Christianity was all about. Some people think that it may have been that. I think that probably Theophilus was just a guy. And uh, Theophilus was somebody that Luke knew, and Luke was writing this. In fact, there's a lot of ancient historians, and that's how they would dedicate their books. In fact, let me read another one for you. You guys ever heard of the historian Josephus? Anybody heard of him? A few of you. 
Josephus is probably the most well-known historian of ancient times. Josephus lived uh, shortly after Jesus' time. Uh, Josephus was a Jew. But listen to how Josephus starts uh, one of his history volumes. And tell me if this sounds familiar to what you just heard about from Luke. He says, In the first volume of this work, most esteemed Epaphroditus, not the same Epaphroditus, by the way, most esteemed Epaphroditus, I demonstrated the antiquity of our race, and he goes on to talk about it. Did you hear something similar? See how he dedicated it to someone? Listen to Luke's uh, second volume, which we call the book of Acts. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up. Didn't that sound just like Josephus? It was actually a style of literature that Luke was writing. In fact, it stands unique in the entire New Testament. This, this gospel of Luke and the book of Acts stands very unique in all of the New Testament in the type of literature that it is. It's truly a his, historical volume. I mean, it's much more than that. But it's truly a historical volume. Um, I have to say, when we think about ancient historians, a lot of us don't think of Luke. In fact, I know that as I'm even talking about this, some of you are going, is this a history class or church? <laughs> this is church. You're in the right place. When he wrote Luke and Acts, obviously not his titles, I think that Luke completed something that ought to stand as just as prominent as any other history, ancient history book that's been written. Now that's important. That's very important. Every commentary that I read when I was studying this, and every commentary I was looking at, and, and many of them very critical, uh, in, in other words, they're, they're really looking at Luke and saying, hey, we don't want to be dumb about this. right? We don't want to just assume things about this, these gospels that Luke wrote, or the gospel that Luke wrote in this history of the beginnings of the church. But you have to understand that when you look at, uh, throughout history, people have tried to discredit the book of Acts. You think that's happened? In fact, I think it's happened even recently. You've ever heard of the Da Vinci Code? Right? There's this common underlying thought. In fact, I find this when I talk to people. There's this common underlying thought that, that the books of the Bible were, were written much later and, and they were tweaked, like adjusted to fix what the church believed. That's what a lot of people think. This was kind of put together later. You have to understand, that is, there, there is absolutely no evidence to support that. I, I, I love one of my favorite topics that I could really get into on the side here. And I could, I could probably bore some of you to death. Some of you, this would be exciting. But I, I, I just love when I look at ancient things that have to do with the church. And you have to understand, the only time that people really criticize the Word of God is not because there's actually some historical evidence to say that this isn't the case. It's always because of one thing. They always look at it and they go, well, this couldn't be true because somebody came back from the dead. So therefore, we've got to find another explanation for this. Is that good logic? Let me give it to you again. You have to understand, when you talk to people, when you hear people say, or you're watching a TV show that says, hey, you know what, the, the, the Bible, it's not accurate, this is probably based on this, and the, the church fathers, they probably re adjusted this to, to match what they were saying was true, so they're preaching these things in church, and they probably adjusted it. You have to understand, when people start to criticize, and they look at these old texts of the, the Word of God that's, that we call the Bible, when they look at these old documents, which is more ancient documents of, of Scripture than any other ancient document that exists. Okay, you have to understand this. When they lay, lay all these out and they say, oh, they, we're going to criticize this to death, their point of criticism is because they come at it and they go, well, it can't be true. 
right? It couldn't actually be this this gospel of Acts couldn't be actual history. It couldn't be a history book because look what it talks about. There's miracles happening, so it's it's got to be a myth. And so then when they start with that basis, and then they start to try to figure out where it came from. And so what's amazing, you dig into like these all these critical analysis of the Bible, and you start digging into it. You find that they don't have any actual evidence. It's all based on this idea that well, couldn't be true. And I'm telling you right now, in fact, if you don't get anything else out of what I'm talking about today, I want to tell you right now, I believe, I genuinely, from the depths of my being, from years of study... I genuinely believe that when we read and study this book of Acts, we're reading something that is actual, legitimate history. Let that sink in for just a moment. Forget the fact that it's in the Bible for a minute. We have a copy of an ancient historical document that a guy named Luke, who was a doctor back in this time, around the year 80, 60, up to 70, he finally completed this work. It's an actual historical document where he goes out of his way to try to say, I, I, I've talked to eyewitnesses. I've researched. I've studied. I've been compiling my information for a long time. Did you hear that at the beginning of Luke? I've been compiling my information for a long time. And, he, and he, he's right to this guy, Theophilus, and he says, I want you to know I've compiled all this together so that you can know that what you're believing is certain. And that's fascinating. <laughs> Because here we have an actual historical document, and I believe it stands up to any other historical, any other ancient writing that people don't have a problem questioning. But here we have one. The reason why people question is because it contains the supernatural. That's the only reason why people question it. That should have some dramatic impact for you. I mean, think about what, what, what if we discovered some ancient document that was absolutely verified that said uh, aliens had been here. Now, some of us have a hard time believing it because it, we're talking about aliens, right? I, by the way, I don't think there's aliens. It's not really important. You do. I'm sorry. Um, but if you knew something, if you found some secret... In fact, don't people love that when they find out some secret hidden history? Actually, this is what really happened. Or actually, this is what really happened. But you have to understand that this book of Acts is actual history. And in it, Jerusalem, that's where they're at. And in all Judea... It's the surrounding countryside. Samaria, going a step further, and then he jumps into the end of the earth. Before, before I go any further, have Christ's people sought to continue this mission? Yeah. I mean, we're going to read about this 30 years where it makes it from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria, and it makes it all the way to the capital city of Rome. But has it continued? Did it stop? In fact, that's why I think Acts stops so abruptly. It's almost like Luke is saying, this isn't over. We're not done yet. I just want to share with you how it got this far. In fact, I almost think Acts ends abruptly because it's almost like Luke is saying to us, now it's your story. The rest of this is going to be continued. And here we are, 2,000 years, we're part of that same, the same mission that was laid out for those apostles, for that, that, those 12 men and those, that, the handful of women, the same mission that was laid out. Here we are, 2,000 years later, and we're, we're continuing on in that mission, being witnesses 
standing before people and saying, I believe Jesus Christ really rose from the, from the dead. I'm, I'm banking everything on that. It's, it's the dominating thought of my life. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, Luke writes, Luke the historian, having, I'm sure, spoken to many of these people and said, what was it like? What happened? Let me get my notepad out. When he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by, stood by them in white robes, we believe these are angels, and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? Can you just picture them all standing there? You think they were thinking he'd come back pretty quick? I think they were thinking it. So they're standing there, gazing up into heaven. These angels show up and they say, Men of Galilee, why do you... I, in my head, I always picture the angels, like I can picture the disciples standing there. In my head, for some reason, I think the angels decided to... Uh, do you think they just kind of went up and stood next to him for a little bit? What are we looking at? Ah, that's total fiction. I just made that up. But that's how it happened in my head, right? I can just picture them doing that, staying there, looking up with him and going, finally looking around going, why are you looking up there? Maybe they're saying, didn't he just tell you to do something? Didn't he just give you a mission to accomplish? Why do you stand there gazing up into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. He is going to come back. But I think he, they're saying you've got something to do. Now next week, I'm going to jump into this other aspect, the fact of the Spirit coming. Because that's the first thing we're going to talk about is the Spirit of God coming to, because can you imagine 12 guys? Most of them, just your average, some of them are fishermen, tax collector, just 12 ordinary guys being given this mission. Okay, guys, you know that in all of history, nobody's ever died and came back. You guys know it. You saw it. We want you to tell the entire rest of the world about it. Would you have felt overwhelmed? Would you? I would have. I would have felt like, well, you, Jesus, you should have brought in some like really awesome people to take this out. But he didn't. Who did he bring? Peter, fisherman, right? We've looked at him many times. Average people. He says, you guys are going to do it. But when you do this, and your goal, and your mission to spread the gospel, you're not going to be dependent on your own power but I'm going to give you the power of the Spirit of God. You guys are still on mission. You're still called to be the witnesses to this amazing historical event. This one thought should dominate your life. Somebody died and came back and he told us how we can participate in eternal life. And now we're called to be witnesses to this truth. You guys are still on mission. The mission of Acts is still yours. But you don't have to do it in your own power. That same promised spirit that he's going to give those apostles, he's also promised to give to you. 
be able to stand firm in the truth of Christ and who he is. And to be a witness, a testimony, an example in this world, in this dark world. I'm going to close for today. I want to encourage you as you start looking into next week. I want to encourage you to do a couple things. I do this every time we start a new series. I want to encourage you to read. Read the book of Acts. I would love it. I really would. I would love it if you came to church on Sundays. Maybe it was a few chapters ahead of where I'm going to be and go, I was reading this thing in Acts and I had, I don't understand this part. I love questions. Okay? I just love them. What does this mean? How does this apply? Bring, I mean, bring Right? If I don't know the answer, I'll find it. I got a stack of books there. I got a stack of books at home. I got one book on accents that th I'm not even. I'll bring it next week and show you that thick. Okay, I, I will find the answer for you. We're going to study this. We're going to learn about the church. We're going to learn. We're going to look back. And I just kind of almost felt like this last week as I was looking into it. I almost felt kind of excited because I thought we're looking back at this this book of accents like what we're doing here. That's where it all started. That's where it all started. And so I want to encourage you to, to read it. Read it like history. Read it like truth. But read it trusting that God, Lord, if this is true, help me to understand what's being said in here. Help me to know what's being talked about. Alright? So read. Bring questions. Be prepared. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I do thank you for this day. And I thank you, Lord, for, 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 for Luke. For his writing of this historical book. I thank you that you laid it upon his heart to, to record those events. I thank you God for your preserving of this word. So here we are in a different continent, different time. Lord, we can trust that it's been kept safe for us to read. But I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you that in history, you came. Lord, I'm thankful that in all the scope of history, there's a one point in history where you showed up. Lord, I thank you that we know about it. I thank you, God, that you've revealed it to us and not kept it a secret. I pray now, Lord, that you'd help us to be on mission. Lord, help us not to get caught up in the things that we think are important. But, Lord, I pray that as we study Acts, we would be able to see what's really important to your church. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, you guys are dismissed.